Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. All right, before we go any further, I need to remind you guys about our wonderful partner here at Love the Star, Boomer Jacks. Brian and I are so happy to partner with Boomer Jacks. They have just been a great teammate of ours here at Love the Star, and they want to hook you guys up specifically on Tuesdays and Wednesdays. They have half-price bone-in wings on Tuesdays, half-price boneless wings on Wednesdays, but they've got great deals for you guys every other day of the week as well. Drink special starting at $3, $15 buckets of beer. It's just a wonderful atmosphere, wonderful food, great times, great vibes. You can find it all at Boomer Jacks. If you're looking for a spot to do happy hour with your coworkers, go to Boomer Jacks. If you're looking for dinner with family, go to Boomer Jacks. If you're looking for somewhere to just watch the game with your buddies, Go to Boomer Jacks. There are 17 DFW locations. You can find yours by going to boomerjacks.com. That's boomerjacks.com. All right, Brian. Uh, so it is draft week. We are getting closer. We, we just sat here discussing uh, a lot of the things that Stephen, Jerry, and Mike McCarthy discussed uh, at their press conference on Monday ahead of the draft. A lot of teams spoke on Monday, actually, with local media uh, and, and gave some insight into where things are going. So uh, as, did, as we head did, into this week, did Go most teams did most teams lead their drafts talking about trading? Is that <laughs> I know I we just did a so. whole I know we just did a whole segment about, but that's Jerry Jones. But but go ahead there. I'm sorry. It's just a yeah. I, I, I don't he, I don't he think he so. opened about trading. And he, yeah, and I don't. Were, you know, yeah. So we'll see. I don't think that was at all what uh, other teams led. In fact, other teams were trying to to lead with ah, oh, we're not trading anybody. Like San Francisco trying to tell you, we're not trading Trey Lance and Tennessee saying we haven't gotten any calls on Derrick Henry. What are you talking about? So they're all doing the opposite. They're trying to say we're not looking to trade, and and Jerry's going, oh yeah, come on, let, let's go. Um, but with these other teams talking and and you know us starting to get a sense of things like oh maybe Paris Johnson could go third, uh, yeah. maybe there isn't a quarterback taken at number two, and if there is one, maybe it is Will Levis as the second quarterback off the board. Peter King uh, saying on Monday that C.J. Stroud could fall out of the top seven, uh, which see was, that's a, it's that S two thing, man. I think I th- but here's the thing. I think that is. I think there's there's a little. I think this is lying season with C.J. Stroud. Not, okay, I yeah, I don't I don't disagree test, with you, but that he's. Yeah. I think the the free fall chatter that's all been stirred. I think that's teams trying to get him to slide. I don't think he's falling that far. Well, okay, let, let's be honest. There's 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 a reason that you know. Okay, at Houston at two, Houston mm-hmm. at two. Okay, they're they're and I've talked to people around the league about this. They're a big S two team. You know, they, yeah. this is why we're not hearing quarterback at Houston at two. They're a big S2 team, and they're sitting there looking at it, and, you know, they're kind of thinking, well, 
you know, do we really want to take a quarterback? And and you're right, Stroud's score was not in the right percentile. There's okay. Why is Houston so big S two? They're big S two because they got a new coach from San Francisco. The coordinators from San Francisco. They believe in that test. Now we'll see if you know if the general manager is going to allow the coaches to run this draft. And yeah, well, hey, we really don't like Stroud because the the he's not in the right percentile for us. You know yeah. where you know you should you you should hand that card in and go. You know, just hand it in and go. You know, but they're not. They they really do believe in that test. And there's might be some teams, other teams up there that that are the same way. That's why you're hearing names like Richardson and Levis and people like that. You know, I mean, Richardson scored right on the the cusp of that 80 percentile, where Levis was well inside of that number. Yeah. Uh, Bryce Young was well inside of that number, the highest of the numbers. So yeah, I mean, you know, you're you're talking about guys like Hendon Hooker. The Hendon Hooker, the Hendon Hooker uh hype has kind of quieted down a little bit. Now we'll see, but him and Stroud kind of finished in the same the same group in that percentile. And those teams that really believe in it, maybe they're maybe they're now kind of saying, hmm, well. We believe in it so much. We're gonna we're gonna pass on these guys. Yeah, and I, I, not to say that there aren't two or even three quarterbacks that could go ahead of C.J. Stroud. That's not what I mean by. I just think the the chatter of this idea that Stroud could just completely free fall out of the top seven. I, I think, don't. I don't think he is. I, but I, I, yeah. could, I, I could get old takes exposed here, but I think I I, I would find it highly unlikely that Stroud falls out of the top five. Somebody will come get him because he's just. The, the the tape is is really really good. The, the ability, yeah, the ult- incredible. Yeah, the ultimate resume. The ultimate resume was that Ohio State Georgia game. I mean, if you really, oh, Georgia's got every one of those players on that field was like a is either going to be drafted or is an All American, and that kid lit them up. Mm-hmm. You know, and if so, if you you know if you want to you, you know just seriously watch the tape. I mean, I get it. S2 test, great, whatever. It's predictable or uh, helps you with this and that. I get it. It's part of the process. But if Nick Cesario and those guys down in Houston just pass because of that S2 test and, and, and Stroud goes on to shine like he did against, uh, against Georgia, man, it, it mean, Nick Cesario is not going to be there anymore playing, uh, being general manager. If that's the case. And, and the new head coach might not be there either if they make decisions like that going forward. So as we uh, look at, at at this draft, as we head into this week, before we dive into Bleacher Report, there are worst-case scenarios for the Cowboys that we can Ooh. come uh, I'm curious, where do you think that there's usually one or two pivot points where it's like, hey, at this pick, depending what happens here, things might turn for the Cowboys. Like Things could really go ugly. Like, man, this could be a domino that pushes them down. Um, or it could be, hey, if you get a player past this point, or if you get past, you know, this section here, and there's still X amount of corners on the board or whatever else, you should feel good about it. So, is there a point in this draft where you look at and say, I really want to know what the board looks like when we come out of this section of teams or whatever? That that once we clear there, I think we're going to have a better idea. Because, like Stephen said, you don't know what you're going to do until players start coming off the board. So, where is where do you think we're going to start getting a sense of, all right, the, the Cowboys are going to be looking to move up or back? Is it going to be after the top 10? Are we going to have an idea of this 
once it gets closer to 20? What do, what do you think that point is? I kind of feel like that where the Cowboys need to focus on this draft now is at, is at pick 18 with Detroit. I think that – I think you also have to look at – I don't th- – I think Detroit would be interested in moving. I think that that would be a team that I would keep an eye on to try and add more picks. I, I would also keep an eye at, on John Snyder at, at Seattle at 20 is another team. That would be if you know if you want to make just kind of a small, a small like I know it's a six spot move, but John Snyder is one of those guys that's always willing to kind of back up and get some more picks in a draft. But I think the two, I think the two points, I think the two points are, are because what's happening is you got these teams. You got at twelve, you've got Houston, thirteen now Green Bay, fourteen New England. And then the Jets on the clock at 15. Now, those teams have all kind of switched. Well, Houston has been consistent now with Green Bay and the, and the Jets switching spots. You know, now the players look different. And, you know, it's like, whoa, wait, Broadus, it's, it's only two spots. Yeah, but, but they just put the, the Green Bay just got themselves in a position to maybe take the best receiver now instead of having to wait. You know, and, and to maybe, and, you know, you don't know what New England's going to do. I mean, New England might, you know, New England might be looking to take some skill to try and help. I mean, they're, hell, they're talking about taking the damn running back. So yep. if, Houston, if Houston doesn't take a receiver at 12, then you might be in a position to grab the first receiver and then go from that point on. But I'm going to focus on that draft at 18 and then also at 20 are the two spots that I'm kind of looking at. I, I'd be interested if Jason Light would move at 19 mm-hmm. uh, you know, to try and uh, to try and kind of retool his team because you know you're kind of in that mode right now where you know he's going to have to play uh, you know he's going to have to play he's a little bit at no in no man's land because he's he might be inside his window with names still on his board in the first round but if he backs up he's probably thinking well maybe I'll get the same player. If I back up in this sure. draft, so there, there, you're you're right there in no man's land, really. And that's why I always say this: 18, 19, 20. Those are the three spots where the last player on a, on a team's board in the first round could be there. And if not, you're just kind of backing out of there. And that's why I think teams back out in those spots because they don't have a they don't have a first round guy. They just don't. And that's why I think Seattle would be one of those teams that I would look at. So as we uh, pivot over now to some scenarios that could face the Cowboys at 26 that Bleacher Report says would be just worst-case scenarios for Dallas for one reason or another. This was written by Alex Ballantyne. Uh, And here are their three. I'll I'll kick you off with the first one, Brian, and you tell me if you feel like this would be a bad scenario. Maybe not worst-case, but if it would be a bad one or if you think it it would be oversold as a worst-case scenario. Number one would be taking Jameer Gibbs – the Alabama running back at number 26. Is that a worst-case scenario for you? Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride-or-die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. 
Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. I don't know if it's a worst case scenario, Bobby, because he's the 16th best player on my board. I've got two running backs in the top 16, one at three, one at 16. And it's not because of old school, crusty. I just believe there's some value in these guys. I do believe it's important to be able to hand the ball off, to get tough yards, to be able to control games, to throw the football to these guys, to work screen games, to work at most wide receivers, you know, whatever have you do to get them going. You know, I, 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 I don't think that's a worst case. And that wouldn't be for me, but I, I think there's people out there would say, Oh, damn, it, it has to be with the position. Any other draft, any other era of, of drafting. Than what we've dealt with the last two, three, four years about yeah. running backs, these guys would absolutely go. These guys would be gone. It wouldn't be a question. They'd be gone at, they'd be gone at at six. They'd be gone at twelve. Hell, I was part of a draft where like backs were going. You know, John uh, John Gruden at you know t- Tampa, C- Cadillac Williams and and uh, you know Ronnie like, Brown, Ronnie, Ronnie Brown. I mean, like in the top, you know, the top seven of a draft. Yeah. You know, so any other draft, I kind of feel like that this would be the case, but not this one. But I, I, I don't think that's a that player fits a big time. I mean, a big time w- role for what you could do: hand him the ball, run, uh, let him be a runner, throw him the football, blitz pickup stuff. This is one of those guys that doesn't come off the field. Yeah, and the, their biggest complaint with it, I guess, is just they say uh, that they feel like there's too much overlap between Gibbs and Pollard as players. There's their sure. styles uh, and that there isn't yeah, any but- kind of play the thunder role to Tony Pollard's lightning. But even still, Gibbs is a talented player. My issues with Gibbs are going to be more about – I just – I I thought on Pollard's tape you could see – instances of him being able to run between the tackles. I don't know that I consistently see that. with You're not. And that's a difference in B. John Robinson. You've, I've had this discussion. B. John Robinson makes three guys miss and maybe Gibbs makes one miss, but I mean, but, but there's so many, when he's making people miss, he's finishing, he's, you know, he's getting up the field. He can get to the edge. He's explosive. You know, I mean, he's tough enough. I, I don't, like I said, I I don't have a problem with Gibbs. I wouldn't consider there are far worse cons, uh, uh, situations that okay. If you told me if you told me I was wiped out and I had to take Lucas Van Ness, then I would say, oh, that's that's a wipeout for me. But you know what? To teams that might not be. I've never this guy's a top ten player. Everybody's talking about him top ten. I could be way, way, way wrong about him. And I'll and I'll wear it if I am. But I mean, I see a good player. I don't see a top ten player. And if they took him at 26, I'd understand. But you know, I mean, he's you know, I have him at 41 on my board. So I there's I would love, you know, I'd love McDonald from Iowa State before I would love Lucas Van Ness. You know, that would be a wipeout situation for me. Next worst case scenario, the second of three from Bleacher Report, passing 
on Michael Mayer if he's there. And Brian, I've already made it pretty clear. Uh, I think Michael Mayer is a really good player. I just to yeah. me, the, it's the same to me as saying a box safety is a really good player, um, or a mid range shooter in the NBA is a really good player. That's they're they're good at what they do. They they don't have flaws, but the way they're limited, I don't know if it translates to the modern NFL. And I, I mean, I think we, we did a study this morning on Sean and RJ, just looking at all the receivers over or the tight ends over the last decade who have had a thousand yard receiving season. Yeah. Uh-huh. The slowest 40 time was Rob Gronkowski at four, six, eight. The slowest 10 yard split of the group was Zach Ertz at one, six, four. Uh, Michael Mayer had time slower than both of those. In fact, Michael Mayer's 10-yard split was the worst of any tight end at the Combine. I don't see a guy that can stretch the seam, so I, I, I'm i sure he'd be fine. He would not be a bust here. I don't feel like he's got a lot of bust potential. I just don't think there there's a lot of room for, for growth and a lot, of gro- a lot of room to be that much different than Dalton Schultz. Uh, but would passing on Michael Mayer be a worst-case scenario for you? You know what? I, I feel like Bill, he's the 18th best player on my board. And I, I, you know what? I, I just watched the tape and I understand numbers and, you know, and, and 10 yard splits. And trust me, I, I spent my whole life dealing with combine numbers and pro day numbers and, you know, quickness and all this. I, I think everybody does a great job that, you know, studies these numbers and stuff like that. I just see a player that's super productive catching the football. I see a guy that when, you know, when you run the ball behind him, you, you know, you could see some blocks, you know, he's, he's a, he's a bigger guy. He's a soft handed guy. He's good in the red zone. He's good on the crossing routes. I think there's things you could do with Michael Mayer that, that are, that are, that are better than, and maybe that's the warts. Maybe again, that's the warts that Jerry's talking about. Everything that you just mentioned, you know, that he's not this, he's not that, he's not this, he's not that. Maybe that's the warts we're talking about for a player, and they're okay with that. But, you know, the more whispers you hear, you know, and I, I said it on the radio today, if Michael Mayer's gone and that pushes Dalton Kincaid to them, I don't think they would have a problem taking Dalton Kincaid. I, I mean – Oh, I, I, think they, I think they like Dalton Kincaid a lot. Oh, I, absolutely they do. So if Michael Mayer somehow ends up at the Commanders or someplace like that ahead of you – in, on one of these, uh, you know, it, you know, in their room, they're probably going to go, well, this, this opens up the opportunity. Now, okay. It, depending on it, you know, mayor's gone. There's the scenario I'm talking about. If all of a sudden Dalton Kincaid is coming down the board to you and one of these teams is looking to trade back ahead of you, knowing that you're going to grab Dalton Kincaid, then you, you got to be ready. You have to be ready for, okay. Well, you know, Giants just, Giants just sold their pick. Who's going up for? They're going to get this guy. If it's Kincaid, you got to be ready on the board or on your or your on your board or your stack to have somebody. If if Dalton Kincaid was the guy you were holding on, uh, really quickly before we go over the last scenario and then move on to the mailbag, uh, you just made a mention of like you know people say he isn't this, he isn't that, but he is this and this and this. For you, when you were scouting, or, or which do you think is more important? I understand both are part of the process, but which is more important to evaluate? Do you think what a player is or what he isn't? I always think it what I, I think to me what it is. I, I I hate when they kill these kids when it comes to you know we, everybody's trying to like say what's wrong with them. You know, I I try to be more of a positive guy about you know the the whole thing with the size like. 
you know, with these quarterbacks or these wide receivers. Mm -hmm. I, I'm trying not. To, I'm not trying to be like, well, he's this, and he's that, and he's this, and he's that. I, I just I focus on when I watch that tape and I watch the guy catch a ball and people are bouncing off him and he finds a way to score a touchdown. You know, that's 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 kind of why. To me, you know, when I watch this film, I'm like, but man, wait a minute. You're telling me all these numbers, but he's not, he's not doing, and he's not doing anything. Or mm -hmm. you're telling me all, let, let's be honest. And I, I'm, I, and I don't think I'm wrong about this. I need to probably look it up before I save it, say it, but I, may, I keep mentioning Lucas Van Ness. He bent 17 times, I think, in 225. I think I'm right about that. You I know? think so. So now all of a sudden, you know, are you telling me the guy, well, he plays strong? Well, he's not strong. He's not weight room strong, you know? 17. So, yeah, so that that's what I'm saying. Like, there's wide receivers, defensive backs, running backs that bench more than this guy, you know, more yeah. strength than this guy. So you're, yeah. you want to kill me? You want to kill me by saying, well, he can't do this, can't do – I try and focus on the most important. I haven't ever brought up – I have not brought up until now the Van Ness stuff because I'm like, I don't see – I don't see a really powerful guy. But that's – but I try and focus on, like I say, hey, there are things when he gets in the – and he, he finishes and does a good job with it, gets near the quarterback and stuff like that. But I, I, I tend uh, to focus on the good side of things. Just uh, like 15, 20 seconds on this last one here – yeah. Uh, Sorry about that. I went no, no, dude, no, you're right. I asked to follow up. Uh, worst case scenario, the final one for them, they say taking Drew Sanders at 26. I honestly don't know that two and three passing on Mayor or taking Sanders at 26 would be things I would consider worst case scenarios. Uh, but for you, is there any scenario for you where taking Drew Sanders at 26 is the right pick? Well, I, I've got him as my 28th best player, so I got him. So right probably there. not. Yeah, probably not. No problem. No. Ah, oh, that that that's a killer, Brian. All right, you are listening to the Love of the Star podcast, the Love of the Stars and Odyssey podcast. You can find it on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.